talking sex, intimacy, and PTSD. I got a lot to say. Come on in. Let's talk about it. My name is Leah Huggins. I'm a wife, a mother, and a proud U.S. Navy veteran. After two tours to Iraq, my husband was diagnosed with PTSD. My world spiraled out of control as fear, anxiety, doubt, and depression took over. I gave my life to Christ, took on a new mindset, and let go of the negativity of my past. I now help wives to find healing, encouragement, and strategy to overcome the effects of PTSD on their daily lives and in their marriage. So come on in and let's talk about it. Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. This is the place where we empower women to support their spouse through PTSD without losing themselves in the process. I'm your host, Coach Leah, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. So, y'all, today we got a hot-button topic to talk about. We are talking about S. E-X. <laughs> That's right. We're talking about sex and intimacy and the effect that trauma can have on your relationship. Now, the word for today is transparency. I want to have a real conversation about the real things that affect us, because I know that if it happened in my house, that it's happened in somebody else's house. We don't go through something just to come out of it. No, we actually go through it in order to come out of it and help somebody else through the same thing. We are supposed to be helpers to one another, right? Right. <laughs> All right. Having said that, the show today is going to be uh, probably PG-13. All right. So I'm going to give you a moment to excuse the kids <laughs> so we can have some grown-up talk. All right. All right. Now. I have said this many, many times before. Um, we cannot blame PTSD for all the problems in our relationship. Nine times out of 10, those problems were already there. All right. I've said that multiple times. <laughs> now, having said that, sex and intimacy is going to be one of the biggest places that PTSD is going to show up in your relationship. So to begin with, um, let's start with my definition of intimacy, all right? Intimacy is the closeness and the connection um, and the familiarity that you have with someone. Intimacy is the process of learning your spouse. Your relationship with them is not just, you know, on a surface level, but you, you get them, you know them. You've taken the time to get to know them and what they're like and what they're about, what excites them, what angers them, what they're moved by, <laughs> everything. You know, through intimacy, you learn how your spouse thinks and how they operate without them even having to tell you. Real intimacy is going to come with time, communication, experience, and patience. That's the key word, patience, <laughs> and a lot of prayer. I'll throw that in. <laughs> in a romantic relationship, intimacy is what leads to sex. Now, some people carry the idea that sex is only something carnal, you know, something um, that's like an animal instinct, you know, something that's going to happen without connection or without commitment. That's the story that the world is trying to tell us, you know, and that's what we see on TV. We see it in the movies. We hear it on the radio. Um, and it, it just cheapens the value and the purpose of what God actually created sex for. 
and it perverts it, you know, to cater to our fleshly, our, our fleshly nature. Now, hear me out. <laughs> hear me out. Nowhere in the Bible does it say we're supposed to be non-sexual or that uh, sex has to be boring, you know, when it comes to the bedroom <laughs> or the kitchen or the washroom or the closet or the back seat, <laughs> whatever it is, wherever it is. <laughs> God created sex and he created us to be sexual, but within the safety and the confines of his word, you know, this isn't a, a restriction. It's more of a protective boundary. And me personally, I believe that the boundary is marriage. The Bible says that the marriage bed is undefiled, which means that if my husband wants to go and put on his Zorro suit while I put on my Catwoman outfit, okay, and we go play naked and afraid, <laughs> that's just our business, okay? <laughs> God created sex because he wanted us to procreate, yes, um, but he also wanted to give us a way to connect and to really bond with each other and to be close with each other in a way that no one else could. The word says that a man should leave his family and, and cleave to his wife and that the two shall become one flesh. Now, can I be real for, for just a moment? Um, if God didn't want us to enjoy sex, he wouldn't have made it feel so good. Think about that. If we were only supposed to use sex to make babies and that was it, like we wouldn't need, <laughs> we, we wouldn't need, or he wouldn't have given us the pleasure sensors that are in our body. Okay. Um, I have pushed out three babies. All right. With no drugs, <laughs> all of them. And I got to tell you, there's nothing hot and sexy about that moment. <laughs> don't don't get me wrong. It's a it's a beautiful moment, but it's not sexy. OK. And making the baby. OK, I'm, I'm going to keep this PG-13. It doesn't take a lot to put mail in the mailbox. OK, if you have a package, you open the mailbox, you put the package in, you close the mailbox and then the package is delivered. Right. Done. All right. But that's not what God did. He didn't want it to be that way. He wanted us to connect. He wanted us to get to know each other. He wanted us to, to get to feel those butterflies in our stomach, you know, when they when we knew that they were around. He wanted us to get the goosebumps when he lightly brushed his hand, you know, across our arm <laughs> or or just when he touches in the right place. And, and that's not always something sexual, but the point is we were made for connection and this is where intimacy comes in. Sex and intimacy, they're such an important part of marriage. And this is why um, if, if it goes lacking in a marriage, that marriage can fall apart. Lack of intimacy, um, it's got to be in the top five reasons that a marriage will break up. All right. I did the research. 15 to 20 percent of marriages end in divorce for this exact reason. All right. Why am I telling you this? Because the goal of the enemy is to what? Y'all know this to steal, to kill and destroy. His main strategy in doing this is to divide and conquer. All right. So let's talk about trauma. Uh, trauma affects people on many different levels. OK, first of all, there's the physical level when something happens to a person. Um, in most cases, it's something that happens to their physical being, you know, their actual body. They're in danger or they're physically hurt or wounded um, or even violated. It actually happens to their person. 
Now, you may find after trauma that your spouse may not be able to physically perform in the bedroom. Um, the parts may not be working like they used to. There could be a number of reasons for erectile dysfunction. Um, perhaps there was a physical injury, you know, that might have occurred, uh, some sort of damage or something that re rendered him unable to perform. It may be a mental block where he may be experiencing some flashbacks or some unwelcome thoughts. Uh, he can even be having trouble focusing or concentrating on the task at hand. Okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> there are some medicines that are used to cure other symptoms like depression and anxiety. Um, and impotence could be one of the side effects of those medicines. You never know. You may also find that their demand for sex and sexual activity is going to increase because they may struggle with the feelings of not being the man that they used to be. It, it can come off a little aggressive at times, you know, so they try to overcompensate. And, and this can be another pain point in the relationship. This can make sex feel like a chore instead of the blessing that it is. Sex is a chore when the focus is only on that one person and how they feel. So in a healthy relationship, it's good to cater to your spouse's ego. And, you know, you build them up with your words, your affirmations uh, and your actions where they're lacking. You fill in the gap with your love. Substance abuse, um, which is a coping mechanism, it, it can make things worse. Uh, alcohol is a depressant and that's why it slows down your cognitive abilities. It slows down your thinking, your motor skills, your words. It can even have an impact on the body's ability to perform. Now, let me say this. When it comes to problems in the bedroom, the physical aspect is not really the worst problem to have. I know you're like, what? That's the whole thing. No, no, it's not. I say this because there are too many products that are out there on the market to assist you with what you need. OK, whether it's a pill, uh, a toy, an attachment, uh, a, a jelly or a cream, there is a miracle product out there waiting just for you. All right. So the physical part, that's that's not the worst issue to have because there's so much help out there with technology and the way that things are going these days. All right. Um but the part that can affect you is that trauma can affect you on a mental level. The memory of what happened is going to live on in their minds. You know, they can be haunted by their past and it can change their perception in the way that they view the world around them, um, the way that they view themselves and the way that they view their loved ones and those that are close by. Trust is a big issue. They can lose trust. They can become angry. They can get depressed. They can live in a constant state of fear and anxiety, you know, always being on the alert and in a state of readiness. And at this point, the trauma has affected their soul. Now, with sex, having a sense of safety is going to trump everything. Sex and intimacy, they have to do with being vulnerable, being open and being trusting. You know, they need to be safe with you in every aspect of life, not just in the bedroom. Intimacy is connected to having a sense of being emotionally safe. You know, there's no intimacy without trust and safety. All right. So here's a question. Are you safe with them? Now ask yourself, are they safe with you? 
<laughs> All right. Trauma can take away a person's sense of safety and security. And you won't be able to enjoy sex if you are not comfortable with being vulnerable. You're giving yourself away to that person. You're opening yourself up to them. And if you're not feeling safe, if they're not feeling safe, it's not going to work. After trauma, you may find that your spouse may become withdrawn or maybe even distant. Um, they may not even be comfortable with being touched and, and not even necessarily in a sexual way, but just in general, don't, don't touch them. They don't want to be touched. The things that you used to do together may not be of any interest to them anymore. And this is where you have to be careful not to be in your feelings. Don't get in your feelings. Don't take things personal. Because sometimes, you know, it, it, it's honestly speaking, sometimes we can make the mistake of thinking that, you know, the change in their words and their actions is all about us. No, PTSD in your spouse is not about you. <laughs> so don't make it about you. This is their personal journey. It only makes things worse when you get in your feelings and you're just adding to the pain that they're already in. So instead, what you want to do, you want to give them the time and give them the space to express and process the things that they're actually feeling. Um, don't take it personal. We have to learn how to discern when it's really them talking or when it's, you know, just them speaking through their pain. Um, and in some cases, some cases when it's just the alcohol talking, <laughs> your ministry to them is your presence and it's going to be your willingness to hear them out without any judgment. Trauma can also affect their spirit. It can turn people away from God. You know, people get mad at God all the time. They question him and they ask, why did he let this happen to me? Why did this happen to me? Why does God let things happen to good people? You know, maybe they feel that God doesn't love them anymore. He doesn't care about them, you know, because if he did, he wouldn't have had to let he wouldn't have let me suffer in this way. You know, and as people turn away from God, they find themselves vulnerable to an attack from the enemy. A spiritual death, it can quickly lead to a, a physical death. In a spiritual death, we move away from God and we move away from the things of God, not necessarily as a sin. You know, in this case, like in the case of trauma, it's a numbness. You become numb to the world and to the things that are in it. You lose relationships with the ones that are around you and the ones that love you. Trauma can put a veil over your face and it blocks you from being able to see anything outside of your pain. And when you're behind this veil, you don't realize the cost and the damage that is doing to you, to your soul, you know, and even to your spirit. One of the most damaging things that it does is to shut you off from the world around you. And if the devil can isolate you, then he's got you right where he wants you. Remember, his goal is to what? Divide and conquer. Isolation is his goal. Did you know that 70% of marriages dealing with PTSD end in divorce and the rates of abuse and violence are much higher in families that are dealing with PTSD? Hostility and conflict can tear a family apart. The problem is, is that families are not equipped to handle the changes and the challenges that are brought on by the effects of trauma. In my book, The PTSD Wives Handbook, I uncover the hidden wounds of PTSD and I give you the tools that you need to let go of emotional baggage and find inner peace, self-love and personal strength. 
I'm going to show you how to turn your pain into a renewed passion for a better quality of life for yourself, for your spouse, and for your family. PTSD affects the whole house, but your family doesn't have to be destroyed because of it. Get your copy of the PTSD Wives Handbook today. Click on the link in the show notes to order. Now, back to the show. So can PTSD affect sex and intimacy in your relationship? Absolutely it can. You'll find that as a spouse or a partner of a loved one that has experienced trauma, that has gone through trauma, that they may become withdrawn. Um, the things that they used to do, they they don't have a desire to do them anymore. And you could take offense to that, like I said earlier, um, especially if it was something that you all did together. You know, they they can develop a fear of intimacy from their trauma. You know, and they may not want to be close to anyone. As I said, they may not want anybody touching them. They can even fear, you know, that you're going to leave them. And so they'll start a fight in an argument just to beat you to the punch. You know, we used to do that when we were kids. Oh, you want to break up with me? I'm going to break up with you first. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. There can be tension in the house um, or they may not ex be expressing their feelings and their emotions or they're expressing them in a hurtful or a toxic way. You know, they may not want to be bothered with anyone. Um, they could prefer to be alone or even, you know, with their other friends. You may find that communication is difficult, you know, and, and your disagreements may become explosive. Um, words, their words and actions are hurtful, you know, and it, it'll seem to take over the house and, and it'll create this toxic environment. I have been here, <laughs> y'all. I have done this. I've lived this. And let me just say, there's nothing fun, nothing sexy or romantic about it. You know, this behavior and this type of in environment and the type of thinking, this type of thinking, it can cause a divide in your relationship. Now, what gets me, <laughs> and this is a moment of transparency, what gets me is that no matter how ugly things get, my husband has a, a way, <laughs> like he's always ready to have sex. And I'm like, well, ho hold on, buddy. W didn't you just cuss me out a minute ago? You know, <laughs> I, I don't understand. How am I supposed to give myself to you? Nah, nah, that, that ain't how it works. It's not how it works. <laughs> So maybe I'm just judging, but I, you know, men are able to operate like this. Women, we we don't do this. We we're, we can't operate like that. We're emotional, you know, and that that doesn't mean like an emotional mess. I just mean that we operate by how we feel. We're thinkers. We're feelers. We need that connection. We need that in intimacy because it all goes into what happens in the bedroom. The atmosphere doesn't have to be toxic for things not to feel right. You know, there can be a certain disconnect that you feel between the two of you. And this could serve as a barrier to intimacy. You know, I can't connect with you if you're not physically and emotionally present, you know, with me <laughs> so that we can connect together. And y'all, OK, I got, we got to talk about it. Pornography. Pornography is not a realistic rep representation of how sex is and you know how it's supposed to be you know uh, unfortunately it gives an unhealthy um unrealistic perverted viewpoint of sex you know to begin with it shows lack of commitment there's no intimacy it shows fear of commitment and it's just simply the perversion of the gift that God has given us for connection and to reproduce 
Sometimes you can spend so much energy and so much time fighting the effects of the trauma in your relationship that it can just wear you down emotionally. And it will make you not want to have sex because <laughs> you haven't had the opportunity for intimacy. All right. Now, let me take a moment for a public service announcement. OK, PSA, PSA. Problems in the bedroom did not start in the bedroom. <laughs> I'll say it again. Your problems in the bedroom did not start in the bedroom. OK, intimacy starts well before you get in the bedroom. With PTSD, you may find yourself in a place where you're arguing um, and not getting along. And this can have a negative effect on your sex life. You know, as I mentioned before, women, our sex drive is connected to our emotions. Having drama in your relationship, especially the type of drama that's related to PTSD, it, it can make it hard to connect in that way. You know, who, who wants to be romantic when, you know, the, the environment is toxic, when you're not speaking to me in a, in a way that builds me up or lifts me up? Instead, it tears me down. It makes me question myself. You know, as a wife that doesn't necessarily have PTSD, being on the receiving end of this and having to continually live in this type of toxic environment or this atmosphere, it can absolutely weigh you down and it can take a toll on you mentally, um, which can affect you physically. And then, of course, your spirit is affected. PTSD, of course, comes with uh, increased aggression and a short temper and, you know, Quite fr frankly, if we spend the majority of the time fighting, I am not going to be in the mood, okay? <laughs> because because I'm a woman and I can't turn my mind off like that. I'm going to think of everything you said to me. I'm going to remember all the harsh words that you said and how you made me feel, you know, because all of that is connected to whether or not I feel safe enough to give myself to you. And the question becomes, can I trust you with my heart? The side effects of PTSD can alter how you feel, even though you're not the one with the PTSD. As I said before, PTSD affects everybody in the house. If there's always a struggle in your relationship, it can lead to other problems for yourself. Constantly living in a hostile environment, it can wear you down. It can drain you mentally. And if, if you're mentally drained, then I think it's safe to say that sex is going to be the last thing on your mind. <laughs> so if you're living with someone that is always finding fault in you and constantly and continuously bickering and, and arguing, you know, it can lead you to have issues with yourself, your self-esteem. Um, you may start to question and wonder what's wrong with you. You know, you may experience your own bout with depression. I've been there and done that too. Sex for women is something mental. It's emotional. If something is off with you, it can affect your relationship. And being in that state of mind long term, it can definitely impact your sex life. Now, here's the thing. The longer you continue to deny your partner of sex, the easier it'll be to keep on doing it, to keep on denying him. And you'll never get past the issues that you have. You, you have to learn to address your issues. If your partner is constantly rejected um, or if if you're withholding sex and it's going on for a long period of time, um, that can actually open the doors to infidelity. There's a scripture that says we have to be careful because the devil roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Anger and bitterness can open the door for that temptation to come in. 
you know, sometimes you can fight about a thing so much that it just turns you off instantly just to hear about it or just to talk about it. it you know, if the subject comes up, um, it can it can be a pain point. And what do we do with pain points and with triggers? We try to avoid them altogether so we don't have to deal with our real issues. <laughs> OK, that's just reality. It's important to protect yourself when it comes to your marriage. You have to protect yourself and you actually have to protect your marriage. You got to guard yourself when it comes to dealing with inappropriate relationships, not just on his side, but I'm talking about your side. If you feel lonely in your relationship, you know, that's a common thing. A lot of a lot of people feel lonely in their relationship, but don't use it as an excuse. Watch who you talk with about certain things, about your personal life, your personal issues, especially sex. Don't talk. Don't don't be out there talking to other men <laughs> about sex. Please don't. It's inappropriate. And it can lead to other inappropriate relationships because they'll find an opening. Um, some people are just looking to find their way in. And if they find a vulnerability, then they can use that to slip in and it can destroy everything that you and your spouse have worked so hard to build. It's real easy to fall for the person whose shoulder you cry on or the one you complain to about your relationship. An affair happens when you have turned your heart away from your spouse, because that means you've taken your focus off of them. And that is an opening for the enemy. So just don't let your guard down. Now, one thing I do know is that the act of sex in itself, it can actually be healing, especially for a trauma survivor. Scientifically, I've done the research. It's because there are some chemicals in your brain, the endorphins and oxytocin. And when they're released, they help you to relax. It reduces that that feeling of stress. Um, it, it It's a natural way to fight depression and anxiety. Um, these same chemicals help your body to unwind and, and it may even help you to sleep better. Now, the other hand, <laughs> sex can make you feel more energized. It can be an energy boost and it can be an instant pick me up. <laughs> the biggest uh, challenge to sex and intimacy is connecting emotionally. Communication is going to be key. Now, you may find that your sex drives may be different. You know, one may be a five on the, on the scale and then the other one may be a nine or a 10 or an 11 in my husband's case. Lord, help me, Jesus. All right. <laughs> Communication is going to put you both on the same level playing field so that sex is going to be enjoyable for everyone that's involved. The fact is that men have to have sex. They need sex. We all do. But there's like certain things that happen to a man's body uh, when he's ready for sex and then it doesn't happen. There's like a physical consequence. And sometimes uh, it's painful and it can be cruel to deny them of this, especially, you know, for no reason. The Bible says that the only time we're to abstain is for fasting. And, and even at that, when we agree to it. You know, so we have to be careful not to be selfish, even though sometimes I know sometimes we just don't feel like getting into it. We don't we may not be in the mood, but you have to make yourself available to your husband in that way, because here's the thing. You are 
it's okay. Think of it this way. Sex is a valid need. You know, it's right up there with all the others like food and sleep. Uh, what is it? Personal safety and love. Without any of these, we could die. If if any of these areas go lacking, it can throw off those other areas in life. Now, as a spouse, you are the only one that's able to provide them with what it is that they need. And they're dependent on you to show them the love that they're entitled to as your spouse. So you as a part of your ministry, as a part of serving your 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 spouse, just go on and give them some. <laughs> All right, that's I'm sure that's in the Bible somewhere. Just go on and give them some. That's in the Bible. <laughs> All right, so for today's coaching moment, um, I want you to make a list of the things that may be a barrier or the things that are blocking intimacy with your spouse. All right. Be honest with yourself. Everything is not their fault, okay? Even though we like to think that sometimes. (laughs) I want you to think about it. What have you contributed to the issue? Go back to the root, call it out. Are you angry? Are you hurt? Have you been offended? I want you to put a label on whatever that emotion is, okay? All right, now, the next thing I want you to do is to check out Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four, this whole chapter gives us a strategy on how to deal wisely with our anger. All right. I found quite a few in there that speak directly to my situation. All right. I want you to go through the chapter and make a list of the advice that stands out to you. All right. Make a list of that and, and, um, go from there. Okay. Now, After that, I want you to go back to that first list and write the strategies that you found in Ephesians 4 next to those barriers uh, to intimacy that you listed at first. I want you to go into detail on how implementing that strategy is going to work in that situation. What can you do? Create an action list or like a to-do list that you'll need to accomplish in order to achieve that particular goal, to achieve that particular strategy. And finally, as with all things, we want to ask God for his blessing and his help in order to change you for the better, you know, to deal with your situation. Give space and time to write the things that you may hear in prayer and then revisit them later on and see how God has moved on your behalf. Well, you guys, that's my time. (laughs) You know, there is always so much more to cover on these topics that we discuss here each week. That's why it's so important that you come back. And when you come back, bring a friend with you. You know, you're not alone on this journey. Somebody else is going through the very same thing. And it's good to have somebody to walk through it with you. I'm your big sister. I'm definitely here to help you out. And and you all encourage me as well, too. There is strength in numbers. And we got to learn to lean on each other and to support each other and build each other up. All right, y'all. Well, that's it for me this week. I hope something was said today to encourage you and to empower you. Okay. All right. Until next week, you be encouraged, be empowered, and be blessed. Peace, y'all.